0: Hello, and welcome to the Confident Human Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Lexia Yesa. On this podcast, you can expect to hear from people who are comfortable with the uncomfortable. Everyone you will hear from has turned one of their vulnerabilities into a superpower. Our hope is that these stories will help you have the confidence to face your demons too. Real talk, real people, all living their lives in confidence. Today, you will meet confident human Keith Berman. He's a mental health advocate. Keith was diagnosed with Crohn's bipolar disorder one at a young age and has been navigating how to live with mental illness for the last 10 years. His mission has become to empower others to live with mental illness via storytelling. We met on Clubhouse, a new social app, and I really identified with his story and his mission to share his learnings with others so i think that you guys will really enjoy hearing from him he is very passionate about what he's going through as well as really getting people on board to destigmatize mental health so with much ado let's jump in i'm so excited to have you on and i mean i feel like we've been anticipating this for a while now and it's been just kind of really fun to get to know you. I just really appreciate how open and honest you are about sharing your story. And I know you know this, but I'm obviously going to repeat it over and over again that really you speaking out and creating conversation around mental health, as well as your own mental health, really kind of opens doors for other people. And so, talk to me. Where
1: does your mental health journey start? <laughs> Ever since I was born. <laughs> no, I mean, first of all, thank you. Just thank you for having me. This is a. Uh... First ever podcast, so Woo. pop pop in that cherry. Yeah, uh, my mental health journey. I mean, wow. I think it really, really started like where I really started to like need to focus on take a step back and look at like how I was looking at life a little bit was basically. I mean, my first day of college, I all of a sudden I had to go to the hospital. Uh, my parents were there. And like, it's my first day of school. And I'm just like, all right, like I'm trying to get my bearings. I'm, You know, it's college. I'm all excited. And then I'm having this shooting pain in my stomach. And, you know, all this stuff's hurting. And I'm like, what's going on? And I'm hospitalized. You know, they tell me I have Crohn's disease. And I'm like, oh, sh-. and my dad has it. So I, I knew what it was. And I was like, oh, shit. Like now my life is just about to be completely different. I, and I started thinking like normal, like, you know, 18 year old stuff. I'm like, can I even drink anymore? Like, and you know, I probably didn't treat my body the best or take care of myself mentally the best as far as sleep and all that stuff. You know, I was just a normal college kid because I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I eventually paid the price for it because I, you know, I had to have a, a foot of my intestines removed about four years later. At, and that was, you know, right as I was graduating and as that was happening, and this is really, I guess, where my real message of health journey yeah. began but I had a crazy manic episode. You know, I think it was a lot of like stress from like, I don't know what my future is and I wasn't sleeping well. I was running around trying to do a hundred different things. And before you know it, I was literally like hallucinating to levels that, you know, people can't even imagine. I mean, I thought God was talking to me. I was on another level. And when I tell you like this stuff was like straight out of a movie, I mean, I was in a classroom Inside of Indiana, they called in a bomb squad on me. I mean, this is like insane. Like they, like I was literally saying like crazy shit. And some teacher was just like so afraid that they literally had they had 20 police officers like surround the building and they they dragged me out of there like in a in a cop car.
0: But also I have a question. So you're going through mania, right, at that exact moment. And because people are so unfamiliar with what's going on with you in general, they also don't know how to contain it. They right. have
1: no idea what's going on. They're like they literally were like Keith is out of control, and they didn't know. They were like everyone was really scared. I remember the look in a lot of people's eyes. It was almost like they were looking like through me. Like I, I'll never get the look. Like they they almost looked like they didn't recognize me, and it was so scary. But I was so, you know, caught up in this whole like mania that you don't even realize what's going on. Like you're just so it's like an out of body experience, and you can't control it really. Everything you can read about and cure about like that was going on with me and then yeah I mean they had to they, they called my mom they my mom actually flew out to come like get me to go to the hospital and then they had to tranquilize me down like they strapped me to the bed literally like they cuffed me to the bed 10 doctors in the room and they stuck a horse tranquilizer in my thigh and just knocked me out and like I'll never forget that moment because I was like please don't kill me please don't kill me like I was like you know scared for my life I didn't know what was going on they are like I'm not well yeah and like I just woke up in an insane asylum in indiana like you know i didn't have a choice like i was just thrown into this world of like all right oh shit like what's wrong with me what's going on and now like you know they say to you like your brain doesn't become fully developed until you're like 22 to 25 so i guess you know it would have probably come out or manifested itself in some way yeah i didn't know what was going on at first they just thought i was hallucinating you know they didn't diagnose me with bipolar right away I was hospitalized like three weeks later for like the same kind of manic episode. Like they just, they didn't get it under control. You know, anyone who knows bipolar knows that that's followed by a crazy depression and downswing, you know, what goes up must come down. And then the depression was almost even scarier. Cause I was on like, you know, suicidal watch for a little bit. Like it was, it was crazy. So, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, as far as mental health goes, I've literally been there, done that, like, you know, like I've been all the way up and all the way down, like in the trenches of like just trying to survive and not, you know, kill myself and, you know, just like fighting every day. like it's been such a struggle and fighting. this is I'm twenty two years old. yeah, that's a lot to
0: deal with at twenty two.
1: And also
0: you're going through these big life changes. you're graduating college and you're having to go into the adult world, which is obviously what you mentioned earlier, the stressors. Yeah. But yep. then, Lo and behold, like you're just smacked in the face with something like this. And for people who crazy. don't really know what bipolar disorder is. People think it's just like mood swings. Yeah. Or like, I mean, there's different versions of bipolar. There's bipolar one, bipolar yeah. two. Yeah. I think there's two other ones yeah. as well. I,
1: I think I just know of bipolar one and bipolar two. But I mean, on bipolar one, which is like the, you know, the most extreme version, two is like a little bit more tamer and it's, I'm not as like well versed in it, but one is just when you have extreme bouts of mania and then you have extreme bouts of depression. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to like people Oh, he's bipolar. Like just to like, you know, they threw it around like just a derogatory word. Yeah. But I thought it was like when someone was like angry and then there's, you know, they're happy, like back and forth. Like I had no idea what it really was until I was diagnosed and then I'm like, oh, this is what it is. Like, I mean, I've learned all about it. I mean, I had to, I went to like special doctors to get my brain scanned and they told me all about it. And you know what they say is they say it's very, very closely tied to like the creative gene. And like, so some of the smartest people in the world or really creative people happen to also be bipolar. Like it's, it's been a, a wild journey and I've been literally like you know, fighting the good fight, <laughs> the battle of just like in and out of hospitals for the last like 10 years, you know, juggling meds because they don't know, it's your yeah. mind. People still don't understand the brain completely. Who's, how, how are you ever going to? So people will just throw all kinds of meds at you. You know, taking pills that made me gain weight, lose weight, made me feel like shit. I mean, it's like you're battling with pills and you're battling with all sorts of stuff. And on top of it, I have Crohn's disease. So it's like, you know, you know, with the gut stuff, I can't yeah. be putting certain things into my body. Like it's not healthy for me.
0: And medication is also not the best thing sometimes for your gut microbiome. And so no. your Crohn's and you have bipolar and like the combination of the two is just like very difficult, but you're here and you're <laughs> I'm alive, here yeah. to tell the story and oh, you're getting through it. But I have to say, I mean, you're very strong. I mean, most people, especially at 22 years old, like I know that you said you had like a severe low depression, in fact, suicidal ideation for that matter. but Getting through that low? Like, how did you get through that?
1: Yeah. And honestly, by the way, it wasn't the only time. Yeah. But it was the first time because, you know, I was such a happy go lucky kid and I grew up my whole life like always so just like appreciative of life. And I still try to live that way. You do live that way. Yeah. I mean, anyone who knows me, like, I I do live that way or I try to. And it's been tough, you know, the last 10 years. It's like, trying to juggle like you got to make money to survive and like work and so i've kind of like find that balance obviously i'm still like going through it but you know i'm growing and thank god for my friends and family honestly like i used to think to myself like it would be the most selfish thing you could do to take your life because imagine how everyone else would have been around me like i just i would think about that but i remember there were days where i couldn't leave my bed couldn't take a shower couldn't brush my teeth i mean when you talk about like i didn't even understand what severe depression was because there's some people that just have depression. And like, I feel so bad for anyone. Like I've been there because I know like what it's like to literally be like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, what is the point? What is the purpose? And you don't see a way out. You don't see a future. You don't see anything to live for. You're almost looking for like distractions. I remember I was watching TV shows and movies and just like anything that would like pass the time. And like, I just would, I would always tell myself like, there's going to be a better day. There's going to be a better day. Or like, I would try to dream like of like the way I wanted my life to look one day or like I or I'd think about like playing poker again or something you know and like I would and you know even those little moments where I'd get to see my family and my sister and my grandma and my parents or my friends like you know they knew I was even so so depressed and they knew I wasn't all right but they were still there for me you know they still tr- yeah. all treated me like the same way like some people you know they didn't understand they were like snap out of it or what's wrong or what's going on but as you kind of like learn more about it and you kind of like understand I think they understood like what I was going through and I just fought, honestly. Like, it just like, you have to fight, you have to fight through it. And then, you know, maybe it's the medicine. Maybe it's, you know, I also didn't have a job then and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was living at home. I was back home. Like it was just a shell shock.
0: It's a big transition. It's a yeah. huge transition going from being in college to being an adult. And I think everyone has had some bout of, depression going through that phase too, just because it's such a huge transitional period. It's almost like you're just completely separating this really intense, possibly amazing, possibly not so great. I think that people have different experiences, obviously in college experience, and then really try to like figure out, okay, what's going on? I mean, I think everyone can kind of relate to that, but to take it to a whole other level, I mean, like when it comes to bipolar disorder, like, do you have a lot of friends? I feel like now that I, I mean, I know you, you have actually quite a lot of friends who are also diagnosed with bipolar disorder. But when you were growing up, like, or when you were in college, or when you were in your early 20s, did you know a lot of people who also had it? Or did you kind of feel like you were the only one talking about it? No,
1: like, as far as bipolar, like, I kind of felt like I was out on an island by myself. And you know, it's it's funny, because like, when you're in college, everyone's doing the same thing. And then when you graduate, people are doing the same thing. But everyone kind of goes their own separate ways. Like they have their own career paths and their own jobs. And like, yeah, you'll meet people in the hospital, but I I am, and don't get me wrong, I'm definitely crazy, but I like to almost consider myself like a functioning or normal kind of like crazy person to a degree. I mean, I've always kind of been out there. You know what the scariest thing is, Lexi? Is that sometimes you could be bipolar and you might never come back from your manic episode or your depression. Like you might never be the same person again. And that's like one of the scariest things ever. Is that something like, you know, it's almost like, you know, I had a friend actually, and I knew him growing up. He was friends with uh, my ex-girlfriend. He actually went on a trip uh, to like, you know, Israel. And he became like, he kind of got like brainwashed and sucked into like this whole cult of like Judaism. And I almost like to compare it a little because like, you know, he never, he's not the same person ever again. Like he's like this whole different person. And a lot of people who have a manic episode, sometimes they're just like this crazy person, like hospitalized. And then they're on all these pills and their mind is just, so messed up and they get put on so many pills. And so, you know, all of a sudden, like you're, you're just a different person. And I almost became a little bit of a different person for a little bit. And I had to like regain my whole sense of form. And like, I didn't have a lot of bipolar friends. I really didn't honestly, like what's so crazy is over the years, you know, I I went to like a group and I met one person and we kind of stayed friends a little bit, but Now I'm just starting to meet like, you know, through Clubhouse, I guess, you know, how I met you, which is crazy. But I started to meet some amazing, amazing people with bipolar, like who are just becoming some of my best friends. And I haven't even met some of them in person. I mean, we haven't. (laughs) In real life. I know, and I can't wait to meet
0: you and all these people. It's so crazy because if you really think about it and you kind of dumb down the stats, it's true. Like one in four people have some kind of diagnosable mental disorder. And that happens on an annual basis. And the thing is, is that you probably do have friends who suffer from mental illness or potentially bipolar or whatever it is kind of on that spectrum. It's just they're not open like you are to talk about it. And so... That's why it's so important that you sharing your story, you kind of elevating yourself above that really can be super impactful. You have no idea who you might impact and who might actually want to come forth and talk to you about it. Because I'm telling you right now, like I did not know until I started even doing this podcast or before when I was trying to create like a sense of community for my company at The Confidence Go, how many people just really wanted to share their wellness story. And I was just like, okay, people are going to give me some like recipes and they're going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was getting these, like, I suffered with depression. I have this, um, I suffered with an eating disorder or like all of those things, people just started opening up and I knew some of these people forever and I didn't know, like a few stories. Like I just did not I mean, maybe it was before my time when we became friends and they just never really fully brought it up or felt a hundred percent open and willing to share their story yet. And by the Uh way, that's a whole other thing. People need to be open and comfortable to share their story whenever they're ready. But every single person, by the way, who has come on here to share their story talks about how there was one person, either someone they know, someone they absolutely don't know who they heard talk about whatever they have. And it was like a switch. They decided, yep, I'm okay with talking about my problems now. And I'm okay with just like peeling back the layers and being fully transparent, open and honest. And so that was just like, wow, that's so powerful. So
1: seriously keep that in mind. No, I I appreciate it and honestly like since I started to like talk about this more on Clubhouse right now, I've had so many people reach out and just say, you know, I can share my story now or like I'm not afraid to do this or like I shared my story like because you did. I'm like, you know, like when you opened up like it literally, you know, it changed my whole perspective and I was like, wow, like I didn't even think of it like that. So I realized like, wow, like, you know, maybe my story is having like more of an impact than I realized or it's just helping people and I mean, I've done wild things just, you know, even when I wasn't, you know, my friends like to the joke There's like a famous story about me when I was younger and I was drunk and like I was in the woods and like, you know, I thought a cop was chasing me and it turned out it, it was a bear and I had to outrun <laughs> the bear. I'm, like, and literally they're like, kid, how'd you survive that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I literally like, oh, I outran a bear. Like, I guess that was cool. But like, That was just stupid. And like I look back and I'm just like, wow, how am I alive sometimes? And this was all this was all mania. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that might have been before even some of the manic stuff. Like I used to just live a wild life. I'm I'm sure I'm
0: sure there were probably some triggers that just because you're young and wild that you just never really thought were those things. Right. And so hundred percent. You look back on your life and you're like, Wow, so many things make sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean a lot of it definitely makes a lot more sense now. And you know, even just like, I know some people talk about it. I, I remember just times driving in the middle of the night, like 3, 4, 5 a.m. Like just, at, you know, I used to have a car and, uh, you know, I would just go like to visit friends college or whatever. I was like, just driving. I remember like sitting there thinking like, you are not okay. Like I remember like my head, I was like, I, you're not doing well, but like, you have to live. Like, don't veer off the road. Don't fall asleep. Like, cause I remember I was exhausted and whatever, like, this is real life. Like, you know, like you have to make sure you survive. This. But
0: in real life, actually, actually just pull over and go to sleep if you're really tired. But really. Yeah,
1: I guess. I mean, you should. <laughs> I, I would recommend Pull that, over, but... take a nap. Don't drive if you're under the influence or tired. No, of course. I mean, I no, and I wasn't even under the influence. But like when you, you know, when you're in like a manic, when you don't sleep for like two days, starting on two or three days, which I've gone before, you start to hallucinate. And like, They used to actually stay, uh, back in like Vietnam, a lot of the soldiers they they had to stay up because they couldn't like go to sleep. They had to be on guard. And a lot of them started to hallucinate and like do all sorts of crazy stuff just because they were hallucinating from being up for six or seven days. So it's like a very dangerous thing to not sleep like that. I mean, so and you don't even realize how important that is. I mean, obviously, everyone says like, Oh, you gotta sleep, you gotta sleep, but it's really like your your body does need the rest. So
0: And sleep in general is a huge huge thing when it comes to mental, of course, physical, everything yeah. health related, like sleep is by far one of the number one things for sure. I mean, when you're sleeping, that's like when your body's doing its restorative things. It's hard. Also, you just said you have like a creative mind, obviously. Yeah. too, And then you're also having like, you have your ups and downs and also having severe like mania and depression. Obviously, I mean, you can speak to this because, but I know that you might like not be able to get out of bed for like seven days or things like that. And so it's like,
1: how do you really kind of balance that work? A lot of the workplaces are, you know, I, I would at least hope, you know, you work at a place where they, they respect like who you are as like a person and how you work and how you get stuff done. And, you know, they don't just like say, oh, this person is crazy and can't handle doing stuff. I mean, so hopefully, you know, where you work, they look at it as a, a positive and how you, you spin it off And how this guy, you know, he's unbelievable at this and he's creative and he's got all these ideas. And, you know, I think that's what some of the, you know, some of the things that they liked about me where I work now. So, I mean, it's just, it just goes to show, I mean, you know, you you can find a a home doing, you know, doing stuff. So
0: your strengths also have to be what you like doing. Typically, if they are your strength, it's because you like doing them. That's at least hopefully. Hopefully.
1: Yeah, (laughs) hopefully that's the case. That's the goal. There's a
0: reason you're good at them. You clearly at some point in your life harness those skills. (laughs) Of
1: course. Yeah.
0: I'm so with you though, too. I mean, finding whatever lights you up and trying to figure out a way to do it is obviously the best thing that you can try to do. But at the end of the day, it's really just about finding like what you need right? Some people aren't necessarily a hundred percent lit up by work, right? Maybe they're lit up by other things outside of work that like works for them. I'm obviously not necessarily that person entirely. I like need to like invest all of my time into something I'm super passionate about or else I go a little bit crazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I crazy, I I think is a good
1: word. It has good connotation. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't mind the word crazy. Some people do. I, I, don't I know some people it think it like can attack. be a trigger word. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Or they're like, you know, don't call yourself that. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, it's, it's not such You're a like, bad thing. I mean, it, I know.
0: own the term crazy. It's not. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. I mean, I've never been one to like, take things offensively. So like a lot, just like for me can just roll off my sleeves. You know, I don't, you know, and you asked about the friends, you know, It's been great because I honestly have like, I've dropped so many friends now along the way. When I was in college, I was like a social butterfly. I had a lot of groups of friends and all this stuff, but I really ended up coming back. You know, I had a really tight-knit group of friends growing up, these, you know, about 10 of us or so. You realize the people who are still there for you when you're down, you know, when you are broke and you're living at home and you're with your parents and, you know, you're in in the hospital and who's calling you, who's calling your parents, who's checking on you, you know?
0: Totally, creating space for people to actually like build strong like connections with other people over either the same thing or not the same thing, or just like gather inspiration in life and just like have a good cry, have like a, have a good moment. Like that's super important just in general. Yeah.
1: Me and you, the first time we met, and I remember you were speaking about like, you know, gut health or whatever it was. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, can I just chime in for a second? And then we just started talking for like 10, 15 minutes in that little group. And I was like, you know, I, I felt like I had to speak up because I was like, I, I was called to it. And, you know, I was just like, Oh, like, you're talking about this stuff that like really hits home with me. And all of a sudden before, you know, me and you were bonding on such a deeper level than I would with any other stranger. Like, yeah, I mean, we don't, we could, we could probably spend hours talking about clubhouse, obviously. But I mean, people like us, like, you know, we love just interacting with people and like the energy and, you know, and just like sharing our stories and just, growing and learning. I'm like, I didn't even know, you know, like what your company was about. And before you know it, I'm, you know, I'm taking these pills now, every, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you're taking
0: some supplements for your stomach. Yeah. yeah there exactly. you go. I never,
1: I never took supplements. So now I am like, I'm just trying to like improve as much as I can, you know, I'm trying to get healthier. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that more conversations around digestive health and more conversations around mental health is just, in my opinion, I'm willing to bet on both because one interesting thing, that. I found that I think you would find interesting too is that one in four people suffer with obviously a mental illness, which we just talked about, but also one mm-hmm. in four people suffer with severe digestive issues. And the correlation between those twos is like unparalleled. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh wow. So not only does people suffer from mental health and mental illness, but then there's also like this pocket of people, are they the same people? Like potentially, most likely, yeah. to be perfectly yeah. honest. Which, like you are actually a case in point, to be perfectly honest. But like with that said, like there's also like real ways for you to get through that stuff and it not to like completely uproot your life like sure, yeah. like in certain circumstances <laughs> you've been through some uprooting i've but, been through uprooting and you've le- but you've learned so much it's still a journey, right? Mental health is a journey. Oh, yeah.
1: It's all a journey. And like, you're just, you're
0: constantly like yeah. learning. And- it's like, oh, you're like cured or you're this. It's like, no, no, no. Like even like for me, it's like, I still have gut issues. Like in still yeah. while, I still have stuff. It's a journey. Like I'm not able to like eat everything, anything all the time if I want uh, to. Yeah. I mean, like without food feeling incredible after I eat like a whole pizza like probably not although it tasted amazing and I would not feel guilty about it yeah
1: <laughs> I don't I don't feel I mean I do it way more often than I should honestly like with the pizza and the candy and the ice cream like I definitely shouldn't be doing it but I mean I, you only live once like honestly like I know like sometimes I have to go to the bathroom or it upsets my stomach but like I don't know. It's just hard. Like, yes, I have to cut down on it, but I'm not sitting here eating broccoli. You know, like I'm not. Like, I'm. I'm still living. There's a there's a whole other conversation for that. We
0: should we should try to eat more greens, okay, Keith? We need to we need to incorporate some fibers and greens.
1: That's they have to be cooked for me. But uh, you that's know, fine. That's fine. Apparently, raw vegetables are bad for me, and I don't like them anyways. So, well,
0: I'm sure they're hard on your stomach. There's a whole gut healing, like process and if people want to get really granular on that it takes a long time to heal your gut. Like I've had people who have reached out to me like I've been struggling with candida for like this time. I've been doing everything I could for the last six months and I'm like, it might take you much
1: longer than six months to get better. Like you know what it is also with the mental health and you ask it people aren't always like so patient with it. I mean it took me a long time. The cocktail of meds to get me to where I am now I've been on everything. I mean everything. I mean there were times And then, you know, what sucks is like every time you get hospitalized for a manic episode, they think that you need to be like switched on your meds, you know, like they got you on steroids and giving you shots and all this crazy stuff. And I'm just like, this is not what's going to help me. Like, this is not good, but this is what they think, you know, like they just throw this kitchen sink at you because a, they want to stop you from being manic. They don't want you to like, obviously cause harm to yourself. And then they want to try to fix your depression. They want to put you in like a balanced state. And so they'll do, the doctors will do whatever it takes, but they don't know how you physically feel. They're not in your brain. Yeah. So it's really tough. It's, like, it's, it's really, really tough. And people like, aren't really patient with it, but I mean, it's taken me. I mean, now I'd say 10 years later, I finally feel like I'm, like, I'm hitting my stride. You know, I have a, a consistent job. I'm moving out of the house. I feel balanced every day, and by the way, I'm still working on myself. I need to work out more. I need to eat healthier and cook more. But we all do. Yeah, we exactly. We all do. But it's like those little baby steps. And you know what I've realized is like when you stack like good things, they just keep coming. Like you stack the wins. Yeah. And before you know it, it's like you know, good thing after another good thing after another good thing. And when you put out good energy, which I've, you know, really noticed, it just it, people like are attracted to it. It's like you know magnetism, and all of a sudden you start attracting people who are like good in your life, you know, like and, and the good things start coming. So Totally. Well said. The once yeah, once the ball starts, you know, it's it's like a climb up the hill, but once you get off that hill, yeah, then you know, you can push the ball over a little and then it starts rolling like you get yeah. the momentum like the end very consistent for the last two years now. And like I've stuck with a job now for almost two years now. Like that's rare for me. But I also, you know, I, I found something that like I love to do in the sports gambling world. And you know it's right on my wheelhouse. So it's like I I wake up and I'm not like all depressed like when I'm going to work every day. Like I love what I'm doing. So
0: that's really important. It is. Yeah. Waking up and doing things that you enjoy doing, whether it's work related, whether it's just small things, like drinking water and listening to a song that like makes you feel good. Like there's so many little things. We can talk about morning rituals all the time too. Like there's so many things you can get yourself to be like in a good mental state, like right when you wake up, like your morning routine really sets your entire day. But if you're going into something that you don't like and like you're depressed about it, that's a whole other ball game (laughs) since COVID too. It's kind of like people have really had to reframe and figure out what's going on. Like, Oh, I'm at home now. And all I'm doing is either working or I'm not working or I need to make a shift. I need to make a change. And so such an interesting time, but I will say it has definitely given so much more light into, um, mental health and, I think that it's so much better for it and it's just going to become hopefully more and more and more stigmatized.
1: And a lot more like athletes are speaking up about it now. You yeah. Know, I think it's incredible. And I think sometimes they have such a big platform. Like sometimes, you know, it, the message rings home, but sometimes, you know, people are just like, those guys have it all. Like, what are they complaining about? Kind of thing, you know, like, but, but I see, I realize like I've been there and I can understand, like, I can put myself in their shoes and be like, you know, they do have it all. But even when I've, you know, had all these amazing things around me, like you still, like, you know, when when that stuff hits you, it hits you, and like, there's no, like, you feel alone. You feel so lonely. You feel like you're the only one going through it because a lot of times, like, you are the only one going through your personal battle, and then you start to realize like, there's a lot of other people that are going through it, and it helps. I'm I'm really excited to see like where you know this mental health stuff's gonna go. I mean, I I think like it's only getting more destigmatized and it's people who don't even like think about their mental health like in a way that like i might or someone else like you might are gonna start to think about it because they just like you know obviously the pandemic like all of a sudden people were like getting depressed or like they're like getting thrown into these relationships where they're like oh my god i'm spending 24 7 with this woman or man that i you know do i like do i really want to be doing this all the time like w- you know we're right on top of each other like all of a sudden, it's really making people reevaluate their entire lives. Or why was I going to an office every day, waking up and just doing it all over again every day? I'm like, that was terrible, like a, like a hamster, you know, or right on a wheel. Yeah, so totally. like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, people are realizing, like, wait, why was I doing that every day? And so it really makes you take a step back and check like, wow, like, you know, what do I really want to be doing with my life? Like, how am I spending my time? Like, how am I taking care of myself? And don't get me wrong, like, I, I want to learn how to meditate. You know, I want to learn all these new things. Like, I want to get one step at a healthy. time,
0: one step at yeah. a time. You know, time, like you exactly. said, like
1: you said, baby steps. Exactly.
0: Baby steps. Exactly. You know, like I can pressured to do everything. at No, once.
1: no, you can't.
0: That's, that's how you get like analysis paralysis. You just get paralyzed exactly. from doing anything at all. I've definitely been a victim of that.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm. I, I, you know, the problem is with me is that I give like 100%. Like I jump all in. Like when I like something, I love it. And I'm all in like crazy. I mean, I remember I wanted to go on a diet once and my friend was like, all right, we're gonna go get healthy food. Before you knew it, she bought me some Ezekiel bread. And I'm like, this is just I don't know if you've ever had Ezekiel bread, but I'm like, this is disgusting. I'm like, I was just trying to like maybe like have a little bit more of like a more well-balanced diet. Like you can't just go from six to midnight all the time, you know, with all this stuff. Like also,
0: in all fairness, you you really shouldn't do that for the sake of your gut either. So you can't just go zero to 60. You got to go slow, just like everything. I mean, it's so funny because people think, oh, especially with food that they can go zero to 60 when it's just like everything else. Like your gut is a muscle. Like you have to train it just like you train your limbs, like just like you train your arms at the gym. It's not going to be like you're going to be able to lift like 120 pounds right away but with time you will be able to. So it's yeah, just a course. process. Right. And that's kind of like how I, how I like try to preach at least gut health too. It's, it's, not something that will be fixed right away it's something that's going to be a process just like mental health
1: well you're doing a good job you're educating me because <laughs> i you know i'm like a beginner when it comes to all this like you know no you're great you're, you you know don't focus uh, on one thing at a time like you've been focusing on your mental health for quite some time i always exactly i'm always thinking to myself like all right if i can get my brain all right my mental health all right like you know, I'll worry about my gut after. and then, you know, your
0: mental health will change a lot, though, if you start worrying about your gut health. It'll be oh,
1: I'm sure it pretty will. night and day. I mean, listen, I just got a colonoscopy uh, two days ago, and they said I had a clean bill of health. so that's amazing. Wait, that's so exciting. Great, yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know it was that was pretty cool. I mean the prep for it stunk. I, you know, you're not, talking, <laughs> you know, but. But yeah, I mean, once it was over with, I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like now I'm, I guess I'm healthy, you know, like that's... Must have been those it. enzymes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. They actually told me, they were like, yeah, like, are you taking any new supplements? Because, uh, you know, it must be enough. Just
0: kidding. I have a question. For someone who just found out that they have bipolar disorder for the first time. Yeah. What would you tell them or like how would you kind of like give them guidance on how to kind of i know that everyone's different by the way but yeah, of course what would you kind of like i guess tell them to like consider because just in general like as a reason are there
1: resources you would recommend would you just yeah, say like 100 percent um i there's a lot of honestly there's so many things you could do i mean obviously like the first thing like is you definitely want to like research just like you know what bipolar really is like you want to you know do your research like whether it's on the internet or getting books you know i read books and all sorts of stuff because one of the first things I like about bipolar it's like denial you don't believe it you're like this isn't me like this can't possibly be me like and then all of a sudden you start to read real books and you start to listen to real talks on like ted talks and real people and you're like wow you know what maybe there is something to this so at first you really got to like learn more about it and accept it you know then I went to get a brain scan, you know, then I spoke to numerous doctors, not just one doctor, speak to go speak to tons of doctors because yeah. you want to hear all sorts of opinions on what they think you should be doing or what, you know, they, let them explain to you what it all means. And then, you know, you, you definitely want different opinions because you're, you're going to have to be on some sort of medicine to balance out your brain. But you have to be open to trying what works. You know, you really have to be open to like trying all sorts of stuff. I mean, there's no like one set cocktail. I mean, what works for me isn't going to work for someone else.
0: And you have to be your biggest advocate. Like, just like you said, like you need to go and get all those different opinions if you want to go see. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's super valuable. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's
1: like- Knowledge is power, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, you also like, you know, not be afraid to talk about it or at least express how you feel to your family and friends, because, you know, there's so many people that like, and I, and I always like, you know, it's so insanely sad, but these people that, you know, wind up committing suicide. I mean, I had like a friend of a friend who from college, and I, I used to be around him a little bit, but you know, I had heard he, he'd committed suicide. And you wonder, you're like, what's going through his head? Like, how did it get that bad for him? that he couldn't reach out to anybody before he did it. You know I mean? So you, you got to like, tell people how you feel and like, tell your parents and tell your friends. and like, you know express how you're feeling even if it's awkward or weird i mean you know i didn't know how to tell my mom like you know mom like i don't want to be here right now like i would sit in the kitchen i remember i'm like i don't want to eat i just want to go back to bed and she was like you know what keith like okay i I can't thank my mom and dad and my sister enough because they were so supportive and like there for me like and and that's you you really need that not everyone has like a stable, you know, family situation. I mean, some people might have a parent that's living with bipolar or living with, you know, a certain disease. And sometimes like, I, you know, maybe that could be helpful or maybe it, it isn't because it's like ripple effects. Like the, the yeah. trauma that I, I mean, the trauma that I probably caused certain people or my family, like the fact that people are, are willing to like accept me for who I am and surround me. Like, I just feel blessed. I was surprised for my 30th birthday. They, I didn't like ask for this or mention it, but they, they did they like one of those videos for me. And I, I was literally like, gonna Aww. cry like I, I did cry probably a little I watched, like oh, <laughs> a lot. yeah of course I didn't cry the first time like like one of my friends like yeah you got to film Keith the first time he's definitely gonna cry but I was with my parents like for some reason I was just like it was so funny and it was awesome I was I was like cheering up and laughing but no I watched it again like I was crying like it was like so like just special to me that they would like do that for me and like that people like actually just like cared like my closest friends and family like I was just like you know wow like I felt loved and it was just like I was just so appreciative and I'm like you know, I'm just happy to be here and happy to be alive, and I feel like I have a new lease on life, like every day, because like I really am so lucky to have survived what I did, and so I'm just like, I don't know. I'm trying to always pay it forward, and I'm trying to like, you know, help by sharing my story and whatever I could do to like help people. I mean, or just keep like trying to improve my life.
0: You, you are. You're already doing it just by sharing your story alone. You're already really impacting people just because. Like we said earlier, just by hearing someone else's story, you could be literally affecting like your neighbor or my neighbor or a little, like a 22 year old person who has yeah. no idea why they're having these
1: severe mood swings. And and maybe their parents, you know, let's yeah. say a parent listens to this or whatever. And they have a kid that's going through it. I mean, when it's happening to you or your family, it's all crazy and it's all new. And it's, it's just like a, you know, you don't, you don't know what to do or expect. It's, it's not like a normal thing that like people just learn how to, you know, it's just like someone who, you know, has a child that's autistic or deaf or something like that. Like it's until you go through it yourself, you don't know how to handle those sort of things. Yeah. Well, you're giving
0: people the confidence to be able to know how to handle it. So that's cool.
1: (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying. I I I appreciate all your kind words. You're, You're too nice.
0: No, I'm not too nice. I'm just saying it because I mean it. Uh, but, um, last question which I ask everyone uh how do you define confidence
1: how do I define confidence um honestly the first thing that comes to my mind is just being happy with who you are in your own skin like being you know proud of who you are like this is me this is who I am being proud of like you know your flaws and your personality traits and knowing like what you're good and what you're bad at and like you know I'm just confident and like I know that like, I'm a little, you know, even now my voice is like, sounds like I've smoked a pack a day of cigarettes. I've never even tried a cigarette in my life.
0: I also kind of sound like that sometimes. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know, for some reason people say they like raspy voices. So, you know, I guess it works, but I, honestly, like I, I know these things like about myself and I'm just like, I'm I'm willing to say like, Hey, like, this is me. And you. it's like, take it or leave it. You know, like you're going to either like me for who I am, or, you know, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. And if it bothers someone or pisses someone off, like, okay. And then, if you like me for it, then you like me for it, and I think that's what confidence is. Like you're just, you're willing to like be who you are in your own skin, and that's really the best way I, I think I can define it. Well said. I love that. <laughs> being the best
0: version of yourself in your own skin. So you, yeah, I like That's that. it. That's I think uh, you know. That's I'm in that. I'm in it. I love it. I appreciate well, it. I'm just happy to have you. Thank you so much for being on. You are so fantastic. Thank you for having me. This
1: was a blast.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Your vote of confidence goes a long way, and that's the best way to support the show. If you want more information on our guest, you can find out how to support them in our show notes, and you can go on our Instagram, Confident Human Podcast. Don't forget to join me every week for new episodes available Wednesdays on all major podcast platforms. See you next week.